You're listening to episode 93 of the Mad Chatters podcast, July 6th, 2016. Most everyone's mad here. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Mad Chatters Podcast, your very important date with the happenings at Walt Disney World and around the Disney universe. My name is Derek, and with me today are my co-hosts, Matthew. Hey there. And Jeremy. Hey, happy 6th of July. All right, well, how about we get started with a round of munchies and merch? I have got to teach you about food. Close your eyes. Now, take a bite of this. No! 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 Don't just fork it down! <laughs> oh, yes. I'm rumbly in my tumbly. Time for something sweet. And, speaking of champions, friends, Canine Crunchies is the champion of all dog biscuits. Cheddar! Cheddar! Now in this segment, we just describe some of the latest food items and merchandise that has been introduced at Walt Disney World, and we talk about the ones that we personally want to try next time we're down there. So, Matt, do you want to start it off? Yeah. This past week, uh, my wife, Jessica... And Anna, my little daughter, and I spent a little time in the parks. And Thursday, we went to Hollywood Studios, and we're walking around Echo Lake. Um, it was just too hot to justify eating outside at those, um, what are they called? Echo Lake what? The little stands, the little kiosks they have? Echo Lake Eats? Yes. And they have like three different things, like a little Mexican empanadas one. There's a waffly one. And then there's, like, sliders. Um, I thought that the the waffle ones really sounded interesting. The waffle sandwiches. And there's, like, two different kinds that you can get with turkey. Um, I want to say the one that I saw had, like, turkey gruyere cheese, maybe. Any of those waffle sandwiches sounded good. Like I said, it was just too steaming hot to be eating outside. We I guess we could have taken it and gone over to Backlot Express and eating inside, but we just ended up going over to Backlot Express and eating there anyway. Yeah, it is kind of funny that they chose the summer to open those because I kind of thought the same thing as I walked by them. I'm like, just get me the air conditioning. I don't want to stand out here and eat this. Very food trucky type stuff, and then there's like little stand-up pub tables. Right. Uh, close. We have, I mean, we had Anna. We were trying to feed her. We wanted to sit her down, so it just wasn't it. So, but... That made it the perfect candidate for my munchies that I want to try. Mine is over at Amaret's Patisserie, which we kind of raved about last week. But as I was in the shop a couple weeks ago, I noticed on one of the tables out front, they had a Mickey-shaped... It almost looked like a blondie, but it, it was in a sort of Reese's cup wrapper. But it was shaped like a big Mickey, about the size of your hand. Mm-hmm. And it was white. And uh, I kind of asked them up front. I said, what is that? Because it looked really good. And she said, um, I, the, the official description online said, it's an almond financier cake mm-hmm. with a macaron on top. And mm-hmm. when I asked the girl at the store, I don't know if the store owners would be happy she told me this. But she said, it's kind of like a brownie. <laughs> Which, you know, at a place with, like, really fancy desserts. I don't know if that's the kind of description you want to give. But next time I go there, rather than getting something from behind the counter, which is really, really good as well, I'm going to get one of these financier cakes because, man, it looks good. And it's really big. And it's shaped like Mickey. Like, win, win, win. Is that French for financer? I'm going to say no. (laughs) But it is spelled very similar. Well, as the resident uh, multi-bilingual uh, speaker on this show, I'm going to say 
Oui. Wow. So a Mickey finan- financer cake. Yes. Um, I actually didn't know what that was. Apparently it's kind of like a moist sponge cake. But anyway, and it's got a macaron on top. So that's what I'm going to get. I don't have a, a merch. I mean a munch. All right. Well, then let's move on to merch. Well, I'll start then. I saw online, and Derek reminded me of it, this amazing new shirt that's out, and it's the Primeval World shirt. Not World, so it's not Animal Kingdom uh, mm. related, but it's Disneyland Railroad related. And if you've ever seen this picture or this poster, first off, it's an amazing poster. I love it. It has um, the two dinosaurs on it, you know, kind of a thing. But the colors are very, like, vibrant, and, like, it's like a very vibrant yellowish greenish kind of look and a very vibrant purple so it's a really sharp color but the shirt has that poster but it's like a teal is that correct yeah yeah so you're not too loud you're not like highlighter yellow you know color shirt um but i really like it it looks really good and i find it kind of interesting that they're releasing this shirt now when the disneyland railroad is shut down Oh, funny. Well, Primeval World celebrated its 50th anniversary last week. Oh, really? I didn't realize that. Yeah, and they've been doing that a lot lately. They Disneyland has been releasing these shirts that celebrate a certain anniversary, and on the sleeve it says Disneyland. It may just say Disneyland, but the shirt itself says, like, 50th anniversary or 30th anniversary, and I think they've been doing a really good job with these. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of the Disneyland on the sleeve. I don't like that, but the shirt design I, I kind of liked. Yeah, I love that shirt. Um, I'm going to send you guys pictures of the ones of, of my merch for the week because these are things I saw at the Wonderground Gallery, the the small artsy type store inside the Marketplace Co-op. And it's from an art... I had to Google it because I remember seeing them at the store, but I didn't really know anything about them. But the artist's name is Joey Chow, and he's done these illustrations of different Walt Disney World attractions, kind of like in a cartoony way. And I could totally see if someone had a Fantasyland-themed bedroom or something like that, they would hang these. And I love, in particular, the It's a Small World painting. And he's done a sort of cartoonish take on It's a Small World. Oh. And so it's got, like, the clock face. Yeah. And then in the at the bottom, there's a boat with five children of different... Those are very nice. They're very, they're very matte-like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like M-A-T-T-E. Not, no, I was with you, not, yes. Not me. <laughs> yeah, and the <laughs> one with the Alice in Wonderland characters, I also love just because we're the Mad Chatters, but it shows the characters riding the, the teacups, riding the Mad Tea Party. Um, and I just think they're really fun. They had a big one that had to have been like four feet by seven feet or something like that, but then they also had normal sizes, and they even had postcard sizes too. Um, and I just really, really like him a lot. And I think if I ever splurge on something, it'll be like it'll be something like that. So again, his name is Joey Chow, C H O U, and you can Google his name and it's a small world or something like that and find some of his paintings. He's done one for Haunted Mansion, I think, and a few others. But good stuff. Mine is a uh, well. There's like three of them, uh, and it's the 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 uh, 28 in Maine. Um, what would you call it? Line? Series? Line. There you go. Line. The 28 in Maine line. And one would be the leathery um, cell phone case. Uh, I don't think they make them for my Samsung Galaxy Edge 6 Plus, whatever. There's so many things that it's called, so I don't know what comes first anymore. Oh, I thought you had a jitterbug. Ha! <laughs> Waka waka, that's for the old people, right? Yeah, yeah, like okay. the no. one with like the flip phone with the giant numbers, like the giant numbers. <laughs> yeah, no, not yet. And the other, t- the other two things are um, either there's a duffel and then there's a com- just a computer carrying bag, which seems rather superfluous just to have the computer case. So I'd probably go for like the bigger bag. And all of these just have the 28 in Main logo on it, so it's not like in-your-face Disney. It's just really nice, um, leathery stuff. And the other one is just a wallet. I like the way it looks, too. I mean, that's great for you. I hope you can get those things. But I actually kind of have a problem with the whole 28 in Main line. Like, I don't want them to go in the direction of abandoning Disney references and then just doing things that say 28 in Main. Because to me, like... 
that means nothing. I mean, I know there's a Disney reference in there somewhere, but mm. I would rather have something that's subtly Disney that's 28 main rather than like, hey, this shirt is a 28 main shirt. I know because it says it really big on the front. Does that make sense? Oh, see, I kind of like that kind of stuff. Okay. What is the Disney reference there? Well, 1928 is when Mickey Mouse was okay. created. I think it's just kind of a reference back to the 20s, um, kind of that old school retro thing that's kind of in now with the hipster crowd, mason jars and flannel shirts and leather bags. Okay. And you're such a hipster. No, I'm not, but I enjoy I enjoy I enjoy leather. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, enjoy. I mean, honestly, when I see those messenger bags, I do think you. But it's yeah. just funny to spend money there when there's really no Disney tie-in, other other than the fact that you're buying it at Disney. Yeah, I went from I went from seminary where, ooh, I like your bag. Where did you get that bag? I like your satchel. And I come to you know Avon Park, Florida, and they're like, what is that? A purse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. It's uh, it's it just depends on where you are, but I like those things, so I would I would go for that. It's time for America's favorite game, Take Five. Have we been editing in the whip noise? No. Guys, <laughs> every week I talk about how we need a whip noise there, and we still don't have one. Every. I just- week <laughs> every week <laughs> at our at our storybook meeting storybook Staff storyboard meeting. meetings storybook yeah. <laughs> when we when we plan out the podcast i say whip crack whip crack uh, well matt's the one who likes leather so i feel like he should give it to us <laughs> that's my that's my territory and that's what we call children a callback mm. all right uh so this is the game where we uh, throw out a topic and then we back. give five words give or take to describe these topics so i think this week i played within the parameters i believe good well done gold star for me you mean like five words yes okay now some of my words are slang so they're Mm -hmm. kind of lumped together slang stuff and i'm uh i'm assuming some of these words are compound words (laughs) i'm hoping (laughs) so anyways we'll figure it out as we go all right um so first topic five words about the seas with Nemo and friends cue. I'll go first. The cue for Nemo and friends. Like finding Dory unnecessarily long. Ooh. I know, that was harsh. Caddy. Mine is just very simply the cue's the best part. Aww. <laughs> I mean, that's sad when an attraction is like that, but the cue really is the best part of that attraction. It's a nice cue. Is very detailed, very like way too detailed. Just keep walking. Just keep. Uh-uh. <laughs> I told you I was playing within the parameters. <laughs> yep, just so. yeah. ellipses. There we go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it actually fits too because that is all you do yes. for a very long time. Category number two: July weather in Orlando. Did you ride Splash? Nope. Oh, because you're sweating. I get it. I get it. I got it now. Okay, good. Good. Mine is a thinly veiled Christmas vacation reference for all you Christmas vacation fans out there. At the threshold of hell. Hotter than a jalapeno suppository. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's hot. (laughs) Oh my word, I can't even imagine. Mm. That is painful. I don't know that from experience. (laughs) (laughs) All right, topic number three. What the trolls from Norway are doing now. This would be the trolls from Maelstrom, now that they're no longer in Maelstrom. Selling school bread in Arendelle. (laughs) What else? Um, Learning to draw sidewalk characters. You want to see Goofy? And you know what happens after they draw them? They disappear. They disappear! Ah. I said they're drinking somewhere with the lumberjacks. Yeah. I used to be somebody. 
used to be in it. Do they have three cups? Or, or do they just one? share one, like, large... Because they only have one body, right? So, when the one on the right eats something, he eats a small child. <laughs> and, like, the other two... Because they're really, like, one. Yeah, so they, they don't get the taste, but they get the fullness. Yeah. But what about when they vomit? Like, maybe the one head eats, but the other one vomits. It goes up his track. And he gets mad at him every time he eats something. He's like, why are you eating that again? It's just going to make me vomit. Yeah, he's like, you know that doesn't agree with me. <laughs> I'm starting to understand, like, why they're angry all the time. Yes. yes. Like, and get out. We got to vomit. <laughs> they're embarrassed, yes. There's so many layers to the story that the ride never really picked up on. Now, we didn't, um, at least I did not, and now I feel bad for it. But there were other trolls in that attraction. The one that lifts up from the thing with just the one eye that's right. winged like this. Right. And then the uh, the other one that's in the swamp there. I miss Maelstrom. I know. Okay, time to move on. In more ways than one. <laughs> Topic number four. The worst thing that you could say to a Disney Parks fan. Uh, I like Six Flags better. Mm. I will cut you. <laughs> Went with school. Hated it. Yeah, that sounds like you've heard that before. Heard it many times. Yeah. From, the, from people here, like locals. Yeah. Yeah, I went with school one time. And they didn't like it, so they never go back. We have, like, generational curses here in Avon Park where granddads went back in the 70s, didn't like it. They didn't take their kids, mm. and now they didn't take their kids. So I have, like, third-generation Disney haters who are only going off what the granddad said. You know, the Bible say the sins of the father yes, is, uh, yes. many Preach generations. It. Preach it, Pastor. All right, my four words. What is this topic again? Oh, the worst thing you can say to a Disney it's five fan. words. <laughs> what? What five words. Whatever. <laughs> um, sorry, we're out of school, Red. Oh, but those Norway cast members are so nice that I would, I would let it slide. All right, our final topic for tonight is weird reasons Disney parks fans get excited. The bathroom has frying pans. <laughs> Great. Did you see the new turret? <laughs> yeah. By the way, that might have been an actual text that I sent to Derek when they first revealed that thing back when New Fantasy Land was opening. <laughs> yeah, I think we should just go ahead and state that this category weird things Disney Parks fans get excited about. Probably all of our answers are things we've texted to, <laughs> to each other. Absolutely. You guys, the water feature <laughs> beside Be Our Guest. <laughs> I just lost my mind. <clears throat> Well-placed dark ride elements. Yep. <laughs> That's true. Think about Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Everybody's on there. If you were riding with a whole thing of Disney fans, like a whole train of Disney Parks fans. They're not going to care one... I mean, the lift hill, it's like, yay, the roller coaster, yay. As soon as you enter that mine with those animatronic dwarves and the song, everybody loses their minds. Yeah. Physical sets, I feel like yes. I only hear that phrase from Disney fans. Like, they're going to be actual physical sets. You know, other people are like, okay, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, the general public doesn't care, which is why a park like Universal can still survive. <laughs> So the big news on Disney Twitter this week was actually not so much news as it was rumors. Rumors have been flying lately about overlays that are coming to the Disney parks. Um, and I'm going to list a few that have been mentioned in the last few months. So a while back, we talked about the rumor that Tower of Terror in Disney California Adventure is getting a Guardians of the Galaxy overlay. Now, I haven't really heard anything since that first rumor dropped. 
Um, and I'm hoping that means it's going away, but that was indeed a rumor. And then, of course, last week we talked about the rumor that Rock and Roller Coaster might be getting a new band to come along. And we talked about how Powerline from a Goofy movie has been mentioned as a possible new music selection for that attraction. Good job. Working through that. Thank you. (laughs) Vocabulary, don't fail me now. Um, So this week, the big news dropped by WDWNT said that... Hey, a Guardians of the Galaxy overlay is coming to Epcot as well. Now, first the rumor was that Mission Space was going to go away and it was going to get a Guardians of the Galaxy overlay. And then a few days later they said, wait, we were wrong. Universe of of Energy is going to be pretty much demolished and instead a Guardians of the Galaxy attraction will go there. So lots of talk. And of course, anytime a new movie is introduced or maybe they're releasing a Blu-ray of some old movie from the vault... Word kind of spreads, oh, well, they should do this, this. Like, for instance, last week they announced that Wreck-It Ralph 2 is going to be coming to theaters in 2018. And, of course, instantly Disney Parks fans started talking about all the overlays you could do with Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, we're going to see it more in the parks, that kind of thing. And the most recent overlay that actually did happen is Frozen Ever After, which we said goodbye to Maelstrom and the trolls that we talked about before. And we said hello to Anna, Elsa, and Olaf. Um, so before we talk about the whole overlay question, Matt, I want to ask you, how did you enjoy it? Because I saw that you got to write it this week. Uh, yeah, we did. We went up specifically. I mean, it was my birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. Um, we went up to. <laughs> I think we're supposed to say that. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I say it to myself. Uh, my birthday was June 30th. So we went up uh, and just booked a hotel for that night. So we went to Hollywood Studios. And the next morning, we got up and got to Epcot at opening um, so about 8.50, they had, they didn't, they, I don't know if they don't do this anymore, but they weren't doing the whole thing where you have to go like gather in the middle and then they drop the ropes. It was just, you, I guess you just go where you want and the attractions open at nine. So a line had already kind of been forming, um, there and we were not all the way to China, but it was wrapped around Akershus and kind of tucked in the middle of the two pavilions there, the line was. And once it started moving when it opened, I mean, it was moving quickly. The, wait, the posted wait time was 120, but it was like 40 minutes from start to finish of the queue. Nice. Let me just say that cultural world showcase Norway stuff out of the way, because there's an argument that can be made that it doesn't fit and... It takes away from that, and and I understand those arguments. This is a very well-done attraction from top to bottom, from the queue to the ride itself. Just very, very, very well done. I was really happy with the queue. I mean, Aaron last week said some of the things that are really good about it, so I don't want to reiterate everything he said, but... The center area, if you go and wait, you'll know where it is. It's kind of just the main queue area. It's like the like the town square, almost, of Arendelle. And it's where um, the theater is gone, where the little Norway, that no, the Norway movie that nobody ever watched, that whole theater is gone. So that's been opened up into that kind of outdoor village area that you used to unload in on the Norway, on Maelstrom. And so all of that's kind of this one big round rotunda-shaped waiting area that's made it look like you're outside. And kind of all around you are little facades, forced perspective, blacklit, like it's the village at night, Arendelle at night. And then um, you board the same old maelstrom boats, which fit, you know, perfectly into this 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 whole scheme. And then, you know, you can watch the on-ride videos. I'm not going to go scene to scene. But everything, everything about the ride is just pretty, pretty perfect. I mean, animatronics and music and timing. I'm, I'm not even going to say story hmm. because it's, it's not just the Frozen story. There's a very specific, you know, it's this special celebration. Everyone's invited to the Ice Palace to meet Queen Elsa. And you've been invited and you're going to board these Arendelle boats and go up to see her. And Olaf's going and Anna and um, Kristoff are there and... My favorite thing about the whole thing are the two Sven animatronics. They are wonderful. With his tongue stuck to the pole? Yeah, and even the one that's there 
at the very beginning scene with Olaf as Olaf is telling you what's going on. I mean, Olaf is great. He's, you know, skating around and moving and turning his head and blinking his eyes. But I don't know. It's just that Sven Moose animatronic sitting there and he does his head like this, like shakes it. And it's just so fluid and just perfect. I'm really glad to hear you say these things because I just didn't know how you would feel about it. I mean, I'm torn. I loved Maelstrom. Sure. And like I said, there's things that can be said about, you know, uh, Aaron was right. There's absolutely no, there's not even an attempt at something about Norway at all. I mean, I just love a boat ride and a dark ride, and it's just both of those mixed together. I mean, like everything we loved about Maelstrom as far as black light, dark ride elements, (laughs) there it is, dark ride elements, uh, physical set, no, uh, <laughs> boat and everything. I, mean, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the, the frozen music, but the way they incorporate the songs and have changed the words to kind of fit the story that's going on. It's really good. Um, I will say this in the way of critique. It is very much on the nose. I mean, it is in your face, like telling you what is going on. Which is kind of a good thing, because if you think of, like, Splash Mountain, someone could ride that ride and never understand the story. Mm-hmm. You know, why are we going over? Why is there a flume? And no, most people don't care, honestly. Uh, it's just the flume they're waiting on. But, you know, it's so subtle, and it's in there, and you have to know Uncle Remus and the story of all, all the stories to understand what's going on, really. This is like, from the beginning, Olaf is like, you're going to see Elsa. Then you turn the corner, and there's the trolls. The trolls are retelling the story. And then one little troll baby pops up and says, You're going to the Ice Palace. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> In case you. you missed it. You turn the corner, and you're going up where the, the, the little Viking head used to be. You know, you are not the first to pass this way. And it's the Ice Palace up there. And then once you're up there, <laughs> this is my favorite part. Because it's like what dads say to their daughters. And maybe it's kind of sweet. I don't know. But in the song, Kristoff uh, takes a little moment. He's like, are you ready to see Elsa? It's like, all right. <laughs> I just waited 40 minutes. Of course I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're going to the Ice Palace. He's like, are you ready to see Elsa? And everybody in my boat was like, yeah. I'm like, really? Uh, <laughs> but it is, it is good because they opened that door it's kind of a good reveal, and that Elsa animatronic is very, very impressive. Cool. Well, let's talk about these overlays for a second. I want to know your thoughts on the direction Disney is going with these and what you'd like to see in the future and whether or not you think it's a good idea. I think especially with these Guardians of the Galaxy rumors going into Future World, which, you know, Disney fans have a very special place in their hearts for the original Epcot. And so, uh, how do you guys feel about these things? Personally, I hate it. I hate the idea. Hmm. I don't understand how Guardians of the Galaxy is going to fit in there at all. And to me, it's just going to be almost like a shoehorn kind of a thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, it can be nothing but that unless they completely demolish it and start from scratch. Yeah, but that's just me. It's like, I think Disney knows now, If even if we tick everybody off with what we're doing, if we do it really good enough and give the fans what they want, animatronics and things like that, I think that they know that people will like it even if they hate where it is. Yeah, and it's funny because as much as I think fans would be upset, we kind of encourage it in the way we're like, oh, they need to do an overlay with this movie, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, if you ask for it too much, they're going to overlay attraction that you really, really like and you don't want to see go. Yeah. But... Um, if it's okay, I want to read this this quote. This is from Tom Bricker, and he said these thoughts on Twitter. And I just wanted to read it, read them because they really just kind of were, they just matched exactly how I was feeling about the whole thing. He said, what's the point of themed parks and lands if everything is just trending towards fantasy land? I can accept that studio parks, Disney California Adventure, um, that they can be intellectual property dumping grounds if that saves the distinct identities of the other parks. Uh, Way too many rumored and recent attractions can be described as shoehorned, which is okay-ish if this is the exception, but it's becoming the rule. He said Epcot was allowed to stagnate and grow stale. It doesn't mean its underlying identity lacks appeal. 
What will be stale is 15 years from now when every park resembles Magic Kingdom because there was no long-term vision today. And I, th- I think that's the problem. Like, it's okay that Epcot has its own theme that has nothing to do with Disney. That's okay. Mm-hmm. But because these properties are so popular, Disney feels like they have to add them to every park. To their credit, like, when they open something, it gets huge crowds, so I get why they do it. They're a company. But, like, it's okay that Epcot has a different theme. Keep that theme going in new and interesting ways. You don't have to let it grow stale, like he says. All right, amen. Amen to everything. Um, It's just like, well, what do you do? You know, you're not the... I can't go to president of Disney World, which is... What's his name? I feel like I know his name. Hold on. I can't just go to him and and change his, uh, their vision for things, and they're just completely sold out to the business model now. Which I mean has to. I mean it's just the way it is uh, that I don't see anything changing on that. When it's become basically with Universal, it's George Caligridis. Caligridis. Oh yeah, that's okay. Right. Yes, 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 yes. Um, he was at. He was formerly at Disneyland. And everybody thought he was coming here, and that meant Cars Land was coming. Naturally, <laughs> I think yep, another overlay. Universal launched the modern theme park wars with the Harry Potter expansion, and whether we want to admit it or not, which I have my critiques of the both Harry Potter expansions, they are insanely they were insanely successful and popular, and really. In that regard, Universal set the standard for what an expansion is. So we don't just see attractions anymore. You know, we're getting a new ride. I think if you're going to just see a new attraction like this, it's going to be an overlay. Uh, otherwise, you're going to see an entire thing. But basically, the 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 bottom at the base of these uh, theme park wars, expansion wars, you know, the competition right now, it's it's franchises, it's properties. Yeah. And that's that's what it's going to be for a long time to come. Well, and that's the easy thing to do. It's it's like, I mean, props to all those Imagineers who created Epcot, because those were all pretty original ideas. But now it's like you've got all these things making you millions and billions of dollars at the theater. It's the easy thing to say, hey, we could make a ride out of that. Mm-hmm. So, In fact, it's so easy that on today's show, <laughs> the three of us have come up with five ideas for how to shoehorn Disney themes into attractions at Walt Disney World that do not have currently a Disney tie-in. As ridiculous or as plausible as these are, we're going to each give five ideas for how to give a Disney overlay to an attraction at Walt Disney World. And I can speak for myself when I say I don't want any of these to actually happen. But we're going to have fun describing them anyway. So... (laughs) Who wants to go first? Uh, these are my Me. terrible ideas. I never want to happen. <laughs> okay, I want to. I want to tap into the uh, nostalgia level and take us back to a film that came out in 1997. And so, in the Magic so Kingdom, old. I want us to find the Jungle to Jungle Cruise. No. So, oh my gosh, I forgot <laughs> about that movie. No, just uh, like, all I remember from that movie is him in the boat saying, uh, Papo Ono. Oh <laughs> <laughs> so all throughout the attraction, we're going to put in some Tim Allen audio animatronics, America's favorite 1990s dad. And, uh, you know, just him with like his funny little quirky lines. Waka waka. And, uh, but my favorite part is for the holiday overlay, Jingle to Jingle Cruise, uh, there's going to be a white powder falling all over the attraction. And no, it's not snow. It's a reference to Tim Allen's 1978 cocaine uh, possession uh, arrest. Oh, my word. Are guests supposed to get that? Or it's going to be like Frozen Ever After where they're like, this is actually cocaine from the... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Everybody take a snort. it's cocaine! Wow. Well, that is never going to happen, but very, very wonderful. Okay, so mine's over at Animal Kingdom, and Triceratops Spin is a great idea, but there's nothing Disney about it. So instead of riding Triceratops, you're going to be sitting in a sardines can on top of Orville from the Rescuers. 
Isn't that what they sit in a sardines can? Some sort of food yes. can, yeah. How does that fit in the Dino Land USA? Um, well, you're actually it's actually gonna curve around, so that will be just outside Dino Land now. But it'll be Animal Kingdom still. I don't know what it would be called. Orville Spin feels a little boring. Orville Wait, spin. is this real? I think I misread the, the challenge here. I thought we were thinking of things that would be real. I mean this I could see this happening. A rescuer's themed spinner. That's terrible. Oh, <laughs> How dare you? I mean, Jeremy's is clearly a farcical, but that one... Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's coming in 2017, Jungle the Jungle Cruise. Jungle the, the 30th, Jungle Cruise. 30th anniversary of that film. <laughs> and just oh, outside man. this attraction, they'll actually sell you cans of sardines. Oh, because <laughs> nothing sounds more appetizing on a hot July sure or say, day. Instead of just like that generic triceratops, it would be... Uh, Doojiggy from Toy Story 3. What's her name? Oh, yeah, yeah. Tracy or Trixie? Tracy. Trixie. Tracy. Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it makes Tracy the Triceratops. Yeah, close. Okay, Matt, well, give us your brilliant idea then. Mine, is, I feel like I've said this before. And I can't remember what show it was. Um, but it is the Jungle Book Cruise. And I love the Jungle Cruise. And I love, you know, the setting of it. But I think I would love it more if it had... I love the Jungle Book. And I'm talking old school animated classic Jungle Book too, not not the new one, which I don't have a problem with. I'm just specifically thinking of the characteristic Baloo and King Louie and things like that. And just basically telling the story of the Jungle Book through short little um, vignettes. So the original... The, the, the main scene I'm thinking of is kind of the the temple scene. And you have, this is going to be like the the phrase of the night. You have the opportunity some, for some wonderful dark ride elements inside of the temple mm-hmm. uh, with King Louie and the monkeys uh, chasing Mowgli or chasing you or, you know, just wreaking havoc generally inside the temple. And then when you come out, you have the finale. You've gotten away and... Uh, Blue's there with the elephants, bathing in the thing, and having a good old time. And him and Mowgli are swimming around, singing Bear Necessities. And oh, that'd be cool. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would hate it, but the tiger is Shere Khan. You know, he's like, get out of the dimple. It's funny as I think about that. I'm like, well, they would never do that to Jungle Cruise. But really, like, some people's Jungle Cruise is another person's universe of energy. It's like that is classic, and you do not touch that. Yeah. So while I say I don't think they'd ever do that. Who even knows? Hooey. Okay, number two. <laughs> uh, you know what people don't like? Asian culture. You know what people do like? Cats. So I'm going to go over to Asia. I was just making that up, by the way, about oh. hating Asian culture. I was like, oh. I was just trying to prove my point. I saw the looks of disdain on your faces. And Cats and Asian I, culture are very connected. They are, but you know what they like? They like cats on YouTube. So I'm going to go over to Asia Disney Animal Kingdom, and I'm going to rip out all the Yeti references to Expedition Everest because it's going to become Expedition Everista Cats. <gasps> I'm on board. There we go. So as you ride through, it's the story of Aristocats, and then instead of a movable Yeti at the end, it's going to be a giant Edgar, like trying to like sweep down at you. And, of course, eventually he'll break and it'll just be strobe lights. But, of course. You know, that's just tradition. Wow. That's a giant Edgar. It's actually kind of terrifying. Did you just try? Is it just trying for these to be awful? <laughs> hey, every single one on my list, I would ride. Well, but that's the thing. Like, how good is a Guardians of the Galaxy Universe of Energy overlay going to be? Or even Tower of Terror? You know, the, honestly, going back to that, the Universe of Energy one, I can see being plausible. I never saw the Tower of Terror one being plausible. No, like, that doesn't no, no. even make sense. Mm-mm. You would have to tear it down and start again because dropping, make, how are you going to incorporate that? There's You're nothing, in some kind of shaft and it just it loses power. But there's nothing in that film that even like alludes to that kind of a, a thing. Like, like nowhere do you like ride in a ship that like goes up and down or nowhere are they trapped somewhere that they might fall so how are you going to incorporate falling up and down 
it just doesn't make sense. At least the universe of energy, like there's some element of we can make this uh, still keep the integrity of the characters. Mm-hmm. And I use that word very loosely. <laughs> right. Well, even mission, I think especially mission space, because that's just a screen based attraction anyway. Change out the movie for something Guardians of the Galaxy. That's easy. Yeah. Yeah. Tower Terror. Anyways, okay, yeah. back to okay. My number two is gonna. Okay, I just realized this is not. This already kind of has a Disney tie-in because now it's the Frozen Frozen sing along. I was thinking back when it was American Idol. Okay, so but now in the Hyperion Theater at Hollywood Studios, you're gonna have Up Late with Miss Piggy from oh. from the Muppets, and so there will be. It, it's gonna be. It would be tricky to have a Muppets attraction. But I think what you do is kind of like Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor in the sense that they're live actors. And so there will be someone controlling Miss Piggy. And somehow it has her actual voice, like, saying things through the speakers. I don't really know how it works. But there, are a few, there would be a few segments. So one, she would, they, you know, like jaywalking or, you know, segments that um, late, late night shows do where they talk to people on the street. You could do that where someone interviews like kids or guests at the park and then each day they like make a a reel of those clips and it shows like Miss Piggy interviewing kids just asking silly questions or something and you watch that. And then um, of course there are animatronics of Animal, Dr. Teeth, The Electric Mayhem, like that band is going to play a song. And then you see Miss Piggy on stage interviewing someone. I don't know. Fozzie does some stand-up. Maybe you could text jokes, kind of like at Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor. But it would just be like a 20, 25-minute show. And it's kind of like you're at a late-night talk show with Miss Piggy. I'm down. I like it. Okay, good. The problem is the show got canceled. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I like, it's not going to happen. But I think that Disney's smart enough where they could do something with that. Number oh, you said number two. I'm kind of doing like these in ascending order. Well, that's fine too. Number four. Okay. <laughs> uh, number five was Jungle Book Cruise. Number four is Tron. I don't. The rest of these I don't have funny. I don't have fun names for. Um, because this is just so obvious of a tie-in and has been alluded to by many, many, many Disney fans. I think just go ahead and make Test Track a Tron track. Yeah. I think that the whole test facility thing is lost on people. I don't think they understand. I mean, even the way it is right now, I don't think they understand what a sim track is. And I, th- I mean, it's a popular attraction, so it. I guess it doesn't matter in the long haul. But I think that it's just a, a general Tron overlay, making everything darker inside, hyping up the black lights and the neon. I think would make, and maybe even an actual story to it. You know, you entered the grid, and all these things are happening, and you're having to avoid it. You know, making it a little more thrilling instead of kind of the stop and go, stop and go thing that it is right now. 3D elements. Yeah, that would be hands down the easiest overlay to do at this point because you're already halfway there yeah yeah anyway i would actually like this i haven't watched any of the new trons but i enjoy the old one and i like the soundtracks for the new ones and i think that this would be this would be kind of a fun little indoor dark ride thrilling element they might have to change the vehicles to give them a little more of a simulator type feel um I don't know. I, w- I would go for some 3D elements and some storyline stuff. I think it would make make for a good ride. I'm going to move now to Epcot myself, and I'm going to go to Spaceship Earth. Now, this is an attraction, as we know, that celebrates the history of human communication. And after millions of years of communication evolving, everything from cavemen to modern technology... We know that it has led to this great moment that we live in. What is the epitome of human communication but the daytime talk show? And so this is going to – this overlay is going to be simple. I'm going to overlay talk show hosts into Spaceship Earth. For instance, who is that right there uh, teaching in ancient Greece? Is that Aristotle? Nope. It's Oprah. 
She's just dressed in Greek garb. That is not Disney or ABC. It's going to be a partnership. Uh, who is that um, right there uh, hawking a headline? What does that headline say? Oh, it says you are not the father because that is Maury Povich. And who's uh-uh. watching the moon landing? Oh, there on the couch. It's the ladies of the view. So we're going to have those audio animatronics all peppered in throughout Spaceship Earth. Well, that sounds terrible. But only because it's not Disney. If it were host of The Chew, I would be totally in. Or oh. like, or a Kelly Ripa. Oh. She sounds hideous. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Okay, so my third one. Okay, so I was thinking about classic Disney attractions that are just old and everyone hates them and they need to go. And so I thought of It's a Small World. Oh my gosh. I'm totally Ouch. kidding. Totally kidding. <laughs> Love that ride. But it's, I mean, it's just old. So they're going to have to give it a Disney overlay. And the only one that makes sense is Zootopia. Because they've created this utopia, if you will, but with animals. So it's a Zootopia. I didn't think of that. The creators of the movie thought of it. And you have all these different areas like Tundra Town and Sahara Square and Bunny Burrow. And you're going to go through each of these lands and the animals, I guess, are just going to like wave at you as you go by. Uh, or or hey. they'll be like in their carrot garden, whatever. And then at the end, all the different lands are together in Zootopia. And I don't know what they'll sing. What's that song that Shakira sings? Any. Anything can try happen. Everything. Try everything. That's what they'll be singing in the final room. Oh. Oh. Old uh, Expedition Everistocat sounding better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds bad. Uh, <laughs> what, was it, what would it be called? Do you have a name for this Utopia Small World? It's a small Zootopia. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, I'm the only one feeling punny tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have any more names for mine either. No. Uh, my next one is um, a Bug's Life overlay of the land, or living with the land, I should say. I like living with the land. I like a Bug's Life. Um, put them together, and it just makes sense. Does it? Because I'm having trouble. Yeah. It doesn't have to be about bugs. It's just the bugs, uh, Flick and uh, others, or maybe here's uh, Heimlich, you know, telling you the importance of the land and cultivating vegetables and things. You know, we bugs love vegetables. You humans should love them too. No, I'm picturing Heimlich being like... Over there is a lemon tree. Ooh, I love lemon tarts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. that would be great. That's amazing. I think it would be wonderful. A little, a little whimsical overlay of that attraction would go a long way to get people to ride it. Gosh, why are some of your ideas like actually decent? <laughs> I know, right? Because that's what I thought we were doing. I'm offended. Mine are all decent. A Here. bug's life. It uh, living with the land presented by. The bugs. I don't know. Uh-uh. <laughs> I don't want to write that. I hate bugs. Wait a minute. I love that idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the, the bugs are good to tell you about the different ecosystems. They can ride through the... And it's not hard. You just overlay the narration, put it in a few animatronics, maybe change out the little film scenes there in the barn, and you got a, you got a, little, got a little ride. Hey, Matt. Where is your wife every Thursday night? Uh, is she at home in front of the television set? Yes. Yes, you know why? Because it's T-G-I-A-T. T-G-I-T. <laughs> what is it called She only likes Crazy yeah. Nap. She doesn't watch the others. Oh, okay. Well, that's good because I'm putting a Grey's Anatomy attraction in the Magic Kingdom. Ooh. What if... So what? Do you get... You, I'm going to let you say it. What if I told you that she could see a audio animatronics of all of her favorite Grey's Anatomy cast members? They're all going to be right there in Liberty Square in the Hall of Residence. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Who's going to be the main narrator? 
uh, Meredith because it'd be like oh, her yeah, little like sense. her thoughts, how she has one, and at the beginning and end of every episode, and uh, it'll just be like introducing each cast member from season does one. Does she like become an adult at the end? That's just all I want to tell her is just be an adult. Be a freaking adult. At one point, Dr. Bailey will stand up from her chair and give like a little speech. Uh, you know, just like a la Abraham Lincoln. That would um, be funny. You know. Let me yeah. tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word. If it's anything like the show, then I'll just, like, tune out her narration and just focus on the rest of it. Yeah. Because um, sometimes at the end, I'm like, oh, she's been talking this whole time. I have not been listening. <laughs> gosh, she's such a teenager and so melodramatic. And, like, just get over it. Get Deal with your problems like an adult and a grown-up and quit thinking that it's okay to pitch your little tantrums because it's not. Well, Matt, next time you go through a bomb scare and a plane crash. I was going to say, this this should be like a thrill ride because (laughs) everything that happens on that show is like, good grief, where do these people live? Yeah, you got like one one scene is a shooting and the next scene is an airplane crash and another shooting and then people get fired and there's adultery and... God knows what else. Yeah, the next time you go through all those things, you tell me if you can act like an adult or not. Okay, so my fourth overlay is also going to go to Expedition Everest, but in keeping with the Asia theme, it's going to be Mushu Mountain, and uh. the train you ride in is <laughs> is like, you know those floats in Chinese parades where it's like a dragon where yeah. a different person is controlling each section of the body? So that's the train you ride in. Mm-hmm. And then when it sends you backwards, it's actually really similar to Expedition Everest because you know in Expedition Everest where the track stops and you hear like the caca of that bird. Well, there's that scene in Mulan where they come across, or maybe it's just the bad guy. They see the bad guy and he's got that bird on his shoulder. Am I making this up? I just know there's at one point it plays like scary music and you hear the bird. That's funny. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> then, so then the best part is. I don't know the whole story, but Mushu's going to accomplish whatever he set out to accomplish. And in the cave where the Yeti used to be, now it's actually going to be like projections of Chinese-themed fireworks all around you. Like, we're celebrating. Chinese-themed fireworks? Well, you know, like they have, like they shoot off the big dragon thing. Um, You know what I mean. At, At that celebration they have at the end of the movie, there's that whole firework thing going on. Anyway, it's going to be that all around you as you go through this dark cave. Yep. It doesn't have to make sense. Just go with it. <laughs> Mushu Mountain. Just kind of rolls off the tongue. It sounds delicious. It sounds like a, <laughs> it sounds like a dish I would eat at a, a Chinese restaurant. The Mushu Gaipan. I'll have, well, like Mushu Pork. I'll have the Mushu Mountain. My it's wife and I will be sharing the sweet. Mushu Mountain. A little sweet and sour sauce right there on the side. Yeah, a little hoisin sauce, some pancakes. Mm. Um, my number two is Monsters, Inc. Overlay of Universe of Energy. I love Universe of Energy, but I would not be sad to see it made into something brand new and great. I mean, just very well done. And I also don't think that they have to lose... Uh, the Epcotian, that's a new word, right? As of last week's show. I don't think they have to use the lose the Epcotian flavor of it just because they're overlaying it with something a little more fun and whimsical. Because Monsters, Inc., the whole movie is about an energy crisis in Monstropolis and how they overcome that and find new ways to energize their or to power their city. So... Much like what they go through, you know, there could actually be educational elements as Mike and Sully or whomever walk you through, um, you know, we, uh, since we can come to Earth and children don't kill us and, and come, <laughs> we came through your door to teach you about energy and you, you humans like to use too much and <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Slow uh, down. I can't write this down fast enough. Yes. No, but then they, he, and then maybe they say, you know, come to Monstropolis. And then that, that may be like, oh, there's a lot of you. 
oh, good thing we have a super-sized door, and you turn to the left and the light comes on and the door opens, and instead of the dinosaur uh, ride part, you come, you go through Monstropolis, and they show you the different ways that you uh, they power their city with children's laughter now. And you say, see, we overcame our energy crisis by adapting and finding new ways to power Monstropolis. Wow. I don't think that's a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. It's just you won't really learn anything because kids will be like, did you know that we're wasting money on resources when all we need is laughter to light up the world? No, they don't say it's the same thing. They say, oh, well, maybe it doesn't work you know, quite the same way, but you can find ways to diversify your energy too. And then in the final scene, yeah, it'd be like, well, since you guys can't use laughter, here's my friend Neil deGrasse Tyson to explain ways that you can Or Mike Tyson. (laughs) (laughs) Guys. I like to punch people in the face. (laughs) That's called kinetic energy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. I don't know how to top that. Except I do because I have the best idea and I saved it for last. Oh, good. So, Derek... Um, the first time we went to the Magic Kingdom, maybe the second time, I can't remember, but the first time that we went into this attraction, uh, the Country Bear Jamboree, what was your biggest complaint about the attraction? Because you were not originally a fan. I mean, I'm still not a, a huge fan. Okay. Um, well, my biggest complaint was it was hokey. It, exactly. Probably the music was not enticing to you at all right you found it antiquated and hokey what if i had a way to make it a little more relevant a little more uh new and fresh and exciting what if the bears instead of singing hokey country songs they were singing something else that's why folks it's not disney related so just i'm gonna set that aside now clarify that but instead of the country bear jamboree it's the country share jamboree. <laughs> oh no! And so, all the bears instead of singing "Blood on the Saddle," Big Al comes out and sings, "Do you believe in life after love?" And uh, you know, uh, Henry starts us off by singing uh, "Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves." It's just a medley of share songs, just one after the other. Nope. Nope. Is it share animatronics or is it bears? No, it's still the country bears. They're just singing share. Or maybe they change out like bears, like bear bears, with like <laughs> bears. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's like I, an, un, nobody under seventeen. I was gonna say this sounds like a pleasure <laughs> island attraction. Cabaret. But Don't country do that. share jamboree. I like that. Well, that makes one of us. <laughs> oh. We're going to move on to my final answer, and I'm going to go back to an attraction that Matt has already mentioned, Test Track, and I actually could kind of see this happening kind of, like 10%. Okay. (laughs) That's not a lot. Sorry, like, after I said it, I was like, yeah, no, this ain't going to happen. But we're going to overlay it with Wreck-It Ralph, the scene where they build their cart. Like, they walk in the room, and that guy's like, Welcome to the bakery! It's time to make a cart! Or whatever. Your ideas are so good. Thank you so much. That means a lot. Like, you find, like, one element of a movie. You're like, where is there a bird that goes, Kaka! <laughs> no. 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 Mushu Mountain! <laughs> no, the bird kakaing, that was just a happy coincidence. Because I thought of oh. Mushu Mountain first. Okay, Um okay. No, but you know the scene where they build the cart. So, like, each scene you go through, they're, like, throwing candy tires on your car. And then the next scene, they're, like, putting icing down the side of oh, your I car. Oh, I forget about the sugar rush. It is, like, a racing game. Yeah, they build a car. And that's what's going to happen. And then you're going to test out your car on the track at the end. And it's all going to be very whimsical. Yeah, and all around you on the track will be, like, Gumdrop Mountain and Big Rock Candy Mountain and, like, candy trees and licorice whatever swamp thing i don't know is he licorice licorice <laughs> I heard licorice. <laughs> licorice anyway wreck it Ralph. i don't know what it would be called i guess like um something with cart like wreck it now. i shouldn't have even started because i don't know but something with candy carts C- test candy cart 
That, that's great. Thank that you. Just rolls off the tongue. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt. Like licorice. <laughs> Like no, it's like no preacher ever can say Lazarus. It's it's always Lazarus. Okay, Matt, wow us with your final answer. My number one. Now I know, oop, I know that people had like thoughts and plans for this theme going elsewhere, but I think it could really work where I'm going to tell you, and that is to overlay the Imagination Pavilion, and I mean the whole thing. We got a brand new attraction, whole imagination pavilion to Inside Out. Now, specifically, being hosted not by joy, sadness, anger, disgust, and fear, although they're they're kind of like side, they, they make cameos throughout the thing. It's hosted by um, a new character called uh, Imagination. I mean, there's got to be a character called Imagination. And also co-hosted by Bing Bong, because I feel like Bing, people liked Bing Bong, and they felt bad for him, for him to have a, you know, I found a new job hosting this thing, and they could be very... Well, and he's imaginary, which goes with imagination. Uh, so. Exactly. What is the thing when the characters, like, look at the camera and say something, like They're they address... the fourth wall. Yeah, okay, that, it could be very much that. Like, I, I think this would be an appropriate element for... You know, it's supposed to be this experience, but he keeps referring to it as this ride or something like that. You know, I think that's just his character, and I think it would work well. I don't know what it would look like, except to, God help us, if we incorporate some screen elements mixed with some dark ride things, 3D. Maybe you're helping someone save their imagination. or oh, uh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Our bing bong starts fading, and oh, no. you and imagination have to team up to get imagination back into this person's brain and show people how important imagination is. Okay. Listen, I love that movie, so it, in, mm-hmm. if you use them, I'm probably going to be happy with it. Will there still be a figment element? Um, no, there will not. Will there still be a creepy moon-faced Eric Idle? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, No. Then that you is lost creepy. me. I'm out. Mm. All right. Well, we've given 15 wonderful ideas here, and now it's in Disney's hands to make it happen. So only time will tell. But of course, we'll keep you updated on those other rumors about Guardians of the Galaxy and Powerline and whatnot, whatnot, and we'll see what happens there. But until that time, we're going to leave you with that and say. Have a great week. Go follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all those other social media outlets. And you can send your emails to comments at madchatters.net. And we'll see you next week. Take a little time to find the magic in every day. Bye-bye now. Blood on the saddle. No. Hey, happy 5th of July. Absolutely. No, 6th of July. What? Oh, oh let me do that again then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, happy 6th of July. That's right. It is 4th of July weekend. I mean, kind of. Like, we're, we're past it. But judging by the fireworks that are still going outside my window, I would say that people just like to celebrate this holiday for days and days. So... Actually, I shouldn't have said that. I should say that we were setting off fireworks, especially for our listeners, for background noise, you know, to celebrate Independence Day and all that. So, all right, well, let's kick off this episode. That was a <laughs> Thank terrible Thank intro. You. Thank you. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna skip all of that. Just leave the the sixth of July and just yep. move on. <laughs> all right. All right. Thank you so much for your feedback and your. Uh, no expression faces. We, I was just like, where is he going with this? <laughs> and then it kept going. That's the thing. <laughs> I, <laughs> I could hear the voices saying, just stop. Just stop. And I wasn't listening. I was like, no, this is going somewhere good. <laughs> oh. I was like, do I help him? Nope. <laughs> <laughs>
I let him go. <laughs> I'm coming in laughing. Uh-uh. Matt has no idea what's happening. I don't. I'm sorry, it was my wife. None of this is going in the show. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> what just happened? Hey, by the way, that that troll, I mean, that Maelstrom troll tweet today, I was like, oh, Did you Derek. groan so bad? Yes. I was like, but it took me a second. I was like, I don't understand this. And I was like, oh, uh, uh, no. <laughs> what? Hey, someone just retweeted it. So, boom. What was he it? He says, a store themed to the Maelstrom trolls that sells Disney character ceiling decals and baby mobiles. Dis up here. Dis up here. <laughs> up here. Mm, that's good. Like, like Disney. That is like the ultimate dad joke. You should have to sign your name to those tweets. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> Sorry, I should have. Who let Bob Saget in? But I feel like, but I feel like when I sign it, then it's like. By the way, I want credit for this joke, and I mean, no. When you sign it, it's more like blank have it both ways. Yeah. <laughs> I should like sign it, not Jeremy or Matt. <laughs> there we go. Yes. <laughs> the views expressed on these tweets are not the reflection of all the chatters. I feel like that should be disclaimed from the beginning. <laughs> Jerk. Did you say licorice? Licorice. <laughs> I heard licorice. Licorice. Do you I got know licorice. what licorice said? Licorice. <laughs> uh, was that a Hamilton reference? Yeah, that's awesome. They sing in that show. No, what is that? Licorice. Do you know what Angelica said? Oh, Icarus. He, Icarus, that's it, yeah. No, Icarus <laughs> flew too close to the sun. That's oh, right, my yeah, word. that's it. That's what <laughs> did not just say licorice. Licorice. Anyway.